And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. With my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's happening, Eric? How you doing, man? Well, I'm good. Waking up. How you doing? That's right. It's a little early out in, out in Seattle or out in Walla Walla. Yeah, it is. You know, Walla yeah. Walla time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like Tulsa time. You keep giving me good TV shows to watch, and I stay up late watching them. <laughs> Did you, uh, you guys are well into Mr. Mercedes now? Yeah, that's a good one. Isn't it good shit? We watched the whole season in like three days. <laughs> that's good, man. It's not uh, good, though, because we put our kids to bed at like 10 o'clock. You know, like they they wind up staying up late or something, and we throw that on. And then all of a sudden, those shows are hard to turn off. We go to bed at like 1230. You know, kids are up at 6 a.m. I like the Irish detective. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's great. And the music's a plus. Yeah. He's old crusty dude like me with his turntable. All right. I'm well, there. <laughs> we had a uh we had an interesting weekend for sure with the Bravos, man. But you know, it's funny to hear people people know better. They've they've followed the Braves for a while. They followed baseball for a while. They should know better than to panic, but we're still close enough to football season that people panic when your team starts 0 and 3. And they forget that it's uh it's roughly the equivalent of uh, the first, what, half of the first quarter of, a, of one football game? <laughs> it's like giving up a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going down 6 It's like nothing. the opening couple of possessions yeah. of a football season. Yeah. But, and it probably wasn't just that they lost all three, but the way they lost and people see the offense didn't do anything. But that's it'd be more of a concern for me if yep. the pitching didn't do anything. Because there's no question about the offense, you know? Everybody's back from the, from the second best offense in baseball last year. The team that led the majors in OPS, you know, Adam Duvall's absence did not make that big of a dent in the in the team that led the majors in OPS and were second in runs and homers to the Dodgers. So, I'm just not worried about the offense. What what happened was the Braves ran up against the Braves didn't hit, but they ran up against a Phillies team that is going to be a lot better than last year because the pitching is so much better. But you ran up against three aces, man. Eflin, Eflin, Eflin pitched like a uh, pitched like an ace this weekend in Game Three. But the first two guys, I mean Nola and Wheeler, you would you're not going to get faced much better than they pitched when you face the Mets or the Nationals. I mean those two guys looked like legit, you know. Those were aces, ace performances, and then the bullpen for the Phillies is night and day from last year. I know it's early; we haven't, we didn't get deep into that bullpen because we didn't have to. But the back end guys are so much better that they brought in to break to go with Naris. Yeah, well, I, when I watched the series, I just felt like 
it just came down to the Phillies hits fell in when they needed to and the Braves didn't. You know, the Braves hit some balls pretty hard. Yep. Acuna hit a ball about 170 miles an hour up the middle right at somebody. You know, I mean, you just you saw little things like that and the Phillies just seemed to beat them up with cheap hits and and that's baseball. You know, there's there's really nothing you can do about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, people don't want to hear. They think it's excuses if you say it. But if you look at the uh, the Exavilos throughout the series until the third game, the Braves were just dominant in that area. I mean, they had about eight out of ten of the great of the hardest hit balls in the series. I think in the first couple of games. So especially that first game, there was a crazy stat. Max Fried had the second hardest hit, or, or I'm sorry, had a harder hit ball than all but one of the balls hit against him by the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, that's a good I mean, stat. That said all you needed to know, yeah. So, yeah, the Braves hit some balls hard right at people, but, uh, you know, they didn't get much from the top four guys. There's no doubt. But that could change in one game. I mean, is, are you going to be the, at all surprised if they come out in game one against Scherzer, against Scherzer, and the top four get, you know, eight hits? I'm not. No. I mean, that's, that, that top four is going to hit. They just didn't get anything to fall, and they didn't have great – some of them didn't have great at-bats in the Philly series. Anytime people are freaking out early in a baseball season, I always just tell them to put it in perspective. Like, you're not even going to remember this in June. There's going to be so much crap that happens from now between then. This You won't even remember how the series played out. You might remember they got swept, but you're not going to remember the games. It's the same things when you're playing, you know. Yeah. A guy starts off, you know, he has a rough spring, and he starts off hitting you know, one for 16. Are you worried about him if he's, if he won the MVP last year? You know, I mean, it's it's just such a long season. You know, if you're a player, you're looking at it. We got 159 games left. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you won't even remember this. Yeah, there's going to they're probably going to get swept a couple other times during the season. Yeah. And but when it starts the season, it's a big yeah. deal, I guess. But when you Obviously. look back at it, you know, it's you're going to get swept by a, a lot worse team than the Phillies this year, most likely. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have a bad series or two. You're gonna have a bad stretch or two where you go one and five or whatever. But uh, yeah, they did avoid any long uh, skids last year, which was a, kind of instrumental in them winning because it was a sixty game season. Yeah, but you're back to one sixty two now, so it means even less. You know. Yeah. As long as you write the ship and don't fall too far behind, you're you're yeah. perfectly fine. I mean, you don't want to get swept ever, but no. I mean, like you said, I would have been a lot more concerned if if Charlie came out and looked bad. Yeah. Exactly. Or, or you know, Anderson looked really bad. He didn't have his, his his best stuff, but he still pitched pretty well. Yeah, he pitched a lot better than he did in spring training. Yeah, and I thought he pitched, Yeah, yeah, he did. He looked a lot better. I, I thought the two good signs were uh, from the pitching was uh, Ian Anderson and Max Fried. Neither had their A game, maybe, but both yep. of them did great uh, uh, damage control. And ended up having pretty good, pretty solid outings. Max had a solid outing, man, and and he didn't. That, he was not even close to being his best. And the same token, the final line on Charlie wasn't great, but man, that guy until that fifth inning, he was as good as yeah. you could possibly have hoped he would be. He looked yep. that the stuff was nasty. Yeah, the movement he was getting on mid nineties, curveball. He was. Uh, I liked everything I saw from him. He had a couple of balls. Uh, that inning went hit, didn't go his way. Walked a guy, hit a guy, and it was like it just kind of came apart. But but uh, I really liked what I saw from Charlie overall. Yeah, Charlie looked great. I mean, you didn't see that inning coming the way he was throwing. But yeah, like I said, I mean, it wasn't like they were they were just hitting shots off him, and and you know he got to the fifth lucky. You know he he looked dominant for most of the start, and you have a bad inning. Yeah, and early in the season you get yanked, but um. 
I mean, he could have gone easily six, seven innings later in the year, and it, it, the line doesn't even look – it looks like a good start. You know, it looks like a great start. So, whatever. Um, I guess the only surprise with Ian was, uh, of all the pitches, for him not to have – I don't remember last year in any, any games where he didn't have the changeup, where it wasn't working very well, yeah. but it wasn't. But I think it showed the importance of him developing that curveball because he said that's what kept him in the game. Yeah. So when his changeup is normal and he's got that curveball now – He's throwing some good curveballs, man. I like uh, him with three pitches. He could that could really be a key for him this year because he's obviously not going to surprise anybody this year. Yeah, I don't know. His velo looked a little bit a little bit down, but you know, with his fastball, it's not necessarily pure velocity. It's it's the angle that it comes out with the backspin and that ride up in the zone. Mm-hmm. But still having that third pitch, I think it was this changeup he was talking about that he that he worked on a ton last year. I can't I can't remember which one it was before but I, last I think, year. Before last year, yeah, he yeah. worked on his changeup a ton, and that was a difference maker for him. Um, yeah, the changeup has been good, but it got better. But he's that's been his pitch since the minors, but it got better. Oh, okay, curveball is what he's been working curveball. on since last year. Yeah, yeah, his curveball so good. I thought he had that all the time. No, um, I thought you know the whole series, man, was really for a first series was really well pitched. God, mm-hmm. it was like you're not used to seeing that in the first series of a year. But guys were dotting, and the umps I thought gave him a good strike zone. You know, it was good. It was nice to see the umps have a pretty big strike zone, um, especially vertically. Or, or well, it varied from ump to ump, but because a couple of them were given high strikes, the top of the strike zone too. Uh, but I like to see that. I, I they weren't getting really weren't getting squeezed, and it made the games go faster. I think you know, kind of like spring training, the games went a lot faster. I think the umps are are doing a better job at the strike zone this year. Yeah, I say that all the time, though, that, you know, you they tinker with the game so much. But from the time I played, you used to be able to throw, if it was righty-righty or lefty-lefty, you could throw a fastball this far off the plate, mm-hmm. right here, like two, two and a half inches. And if you hit the glove, it was a strike. Mm-hmm. Ever since they put that box on the TV screen and players yeah. could run down in the dugout and check it and yell back at the ump, yeah, I feel like that's what's really slowed down the pace of the game because – Guys are willing to strike out on a pitch, you know, a quarter of an inch off the plate, and they can yell at the ump. The next at bat, the zone gets tighter and tighter. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like if if they opened up the zone and just let umps have whatever zone they wanted, you know, the game would go a lot faster. But I know that pissed fans off. I thought Ian had a couple of pitches that should have been strikes, and he didn't really complain. Uh, he kind of when he turned his back, he did. But for the most part. The other guys, I, I don't remember many pitches that I thought were strikes and didn't get called strikes. But um, there was there was one on Acuna to strike out yesterday that was a little below the zone. Yeah, yeah. But even those, was, you know, they had a, lo- a couple at the bottom of the zone mm-hmm. for sure, the bottom or, or below. I guess my thought is, you know, and and it's the same way for when a pitcher, <laughs> you know, when a, a pitcher yeah, or hitter gets screwed. My, my thought is just that uh, YouTube, we don't need keeping this. the game flowing. <laughs> you, you know, you can't get so hung up on balls and strikes or. That you get that drag, like it feels like a Yankees Red Sox game back Let's, in the past. Uh, before we uh, we dive into some other stuff that happened around baseball, did you see the whole first weekend dust up between the Reds and the Cardinals? With yeah. St. Louis was wearing those sweet blue unis, by the way, man. Those are, I love those. Yeah, you don't really you don't usually see that first weekend of the season. There's a little dust up like that. No, I mean maybe division foes sometimes. Yeah. I mean it, carry over. Carry over and and Yachty seems to always be in the mix of something, but 
you know, I don't. Baseball is the only sport where people are rooting for the players to be bigger assholes right now. <laughs> you know, like I don't know what other sport people want to see somebody scream in somebody's face. But it, hockey, it, they love. Yeah, it. that's yeah. part of the game in hockey. But now. hockey, they get to fight. Yeah, it's part of the game. Yeah, but they get to fight. And to hockey's credit, man, thank God they have not they have not allowed uh, political correctness or people concerned about safety to to uh, <laughs> to drum the fights out of it. Because without the fights, hockey's just not the same game, man. Yeah, yeah, you got to respect that. But it would be nice, you know, guy shows you up, or you know, because it's I guess that's what what kind of drives people crazy is baseball everybody gets their feelings hurt and then they go scream at each other and then it goes back to normal. It'd be, it'd be great if hitter gets drilled and instead of yelling at each other, they just get to square off on the mound. <laughs> I, I mean, I, call me crazy, but I don't have a problem with it at all. <laughs> I, I like when teams go at it cause it shows passion. It's interesting. Uh, it shows you how much they care, you know, enough to fight and get thrown out of games. But yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I, I just, to me, as a if, as a fan watching or whatever, you know teams are vested in this when they're showing when they are willing to throw the gloves down and go. You know, yeah, it means they're not just out there getting a paycheck and going through 162. It means it means it matters. They're emotional. Yeah, Firing. and it's. I think you know part of that is you do see that early because everybody's got that adrenaline of, of yeah. the opening week where. It's it's yeah. a lot harder to bring that energy every day for 162. You know, you see that in June. Or, yeah. Or, Mid July, it's it's even more impressive. Yeah, I guess you've been sitting home for three months, especially with the pandemic not doing much. You're right. You're right. You got a yeah. chance. To, it's an outlet. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, Yachty doesn't need much. And my question is a simple one here: Is there anyone in baseball you would take in a straight up fight with Yachty or Molina right now? We can't. We can't go back to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, buddy. I don't know, because you haven't really seen the guys fight. That's kind of the safety yeah. net you get in baseball is you can talk all the shit you want. And, you know, I mean, who would you have taken between Hunter Strickland and Bryce Harper? You don't know till you saw them, and then they squared off, and I still I don't know. I would have taken Strickland. Yeah, right? But um, I, I used to think Brett Laurie was uh, just the most explosive, intimidating human I played with because he's just <laughs> drinking like – 45 cups of coffee before the game and, and bouncing off the walls. But we had a run in, in in Oakland with with him and a shortstop. Laurie had thrown like a fit and he and he broke his bat. And our shortstop, Simeon, went up and got right in his face. And I was like, man, you're a psychopath. But Simeon wasn't scared at all. So, you know, you you kind of have guys that you don't know what what's in somebody until you see them fight, I guess is what I'm trying to say. There have been some over the years, man, in uh, recent years. Obviously, the uh, uh, former Braves, brief, briefly Braves pitcher at the top of the list. You played with him, right? Farnsworth, yeah. Yeah, Farnsworth. <laughs> i take him over anybody. <laughs> I tell you what, BJ was ready to take him out at, at a spring training game. Of course, BJ is a former NFL player. Yeah. Anytime a guy's a former NFL player, he's going to the top of the my, list. Man. My money's on him. <laughs> Especially if he was a D-back. He wasn't like a yeah. quarterback, you know. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a punter. <laughs> but you see you see baseball fights, man, and, and you can tell, you know, I mean, it, the, the technique's not really there. So 
Right. Guys are just flailing at each other sometimes. And, that, you know, somebody that really knows how to fight, it'd be a totally different story. But Farnsworth, yes, you can guy, tell, is used to confrontation. Yeah. And Farnsworth, he had like mixed martial arts. He had like a black belt. And so did the former <laughs> yeah. Cubs. Who was the uh, former guy that pitched for the Cubs? He had a similar incident where he took a guy out for charge the mound. Reliever. Hmm. I don't remember that. I can't think. He had a, he had like a third degree black belt or whatever too. Cubs yeah, that leader. changes the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun to act tough, but yeah, and that's what I mean. In baseball, you kind of got a cushion where you know all your teammates are going to run out there. I, a lot of respect for Amir Garrett last year. That <laughs> or two years ago, thunder, just man. just running at a whole dugout. <laughs> it took my thunder, but well. I was just going to say, my rule of thumb, first of all, back in the day when I was a dumbass that would get like a, in, in a bar, would say stuff to guys, hit on their girlfriends, that kind of thing. My my rule of thumb was... D.O.B. coming to steal your girl. How <laughs> snass in bars, man. I could see it. Uh, but my rule of thumb, neck tat, facial tats, or anything that could be construed as a possible prison tat, uh, spider web on the elbow, that kind of thing. Steer the fuck clear, you know. I I would not get involved in that, even under even under an altered state. I would not mess with those guys. But Yachty's neck tat is just uh, one of the many reasons I would not mess with Yachty, though. That dude's intense, man. Yeah, he he's always intense, and he's got that serious dad old man strength vibe going too. You know, like yeah. I have seen everything, son. You don't want to mess with me. That whole thing, it just reeks of it. The catchers get beat up. You know, they're used to a little pain. <laughs> Mine's always the cauliflower ear. If you say if you see somebody with that cauliflower oh, yeah. ear, res- show, them, show them respect. <laughs> well, you know, if they have that, pretty much they were a wrestler or a mixed martial arts guy or a boxer. Yeah. But really, wrestlers and mixed martial arts are – those ears are burgered, man. Gnarly ears. There was a football player video maybe two or three weeks back, maybe a month back. A football player, college football player got in a fight at a bar. Yeah, the little, oh, yeah. OU player. The little dude. Yeah, OU player. Yeah. Um, that, that's just right. You don't mess with anybody. It was a, <laughs> the destroyed. guy turned out to be a trained, you know, UFC or mixed martial, martial arts fighter and just destroyed him. Yeah. Probably had the like seven with, inches on him and t- yeah. maybe 45 pounds. Yeah. Walt Weiss, that's a guy with the gnarled ear. You don't want to mess with Walt Weiss. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the background, the mixed martial arts training and all that. Um, yeah. Uh, that said, I was going to name the one guy you just said. Amir Garrett is the one guy that comes to mind, the current players, who that he might be able to handle himself with Yachty. I, I, I will never forget Garrett when he wanted to take up last year, the year before, I guess. It was the year before. Two years ago, I'm thinking. When he wanted to take on the whole Pirates bench. I mean, he's, he raced over there, broke away from his coach, and basically said, he did take I'm on going the over bench. there. Anybody <laughs> who wants to fight me on the bench can come out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nobody came out yeah. and fought him either. <laughs> No, they came out a little late, but I mean, you're not expecting your pitcher to do that. You know, you kind of, you normally see, see things intensify to the point where they get to pushing and shoving, but he just took off on a dead sprint. <laughs> he didn't want any help. He's a big dude. Yeah. And put together. I think he's a former hoops player, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Six, um, six, five, six, six. Yeah. And he's not skinny. No. <clears throat> well, uh, the other thing, uh, d- d- just to put things in perspective for Braves fans who came away from that first weekend, kind of going, Wow, he waited for that. Let's just look at around baseball a little bit real quickly. The Yankees lost two out of three. The White Sox lost three out of four. The Orioles lead the ALS, the AL East. They're 3-0. and 
The White Sox are alone in last place in the AL Central at one and three. The A's are alone in last place in the AL West at 0 and 4. The Brewers and the Cardinals share last place with the Pirates in the NL Central at 1 and 2. And yes, the Braves are alone in last place in the NL East at 0 and 3. So, in other words, it's almost like you took the standings, preseason Just predictions, and turned them upside down. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, look at you could look at the standings late April, early, early, early May, mid May. Yeah. There's always a team that, Nobody thought it was going to be good. You know, I think Seattle did it a few years back. But you, yep. you look at teams that nobody expects to be good, and everybody gets excited and jumps on this bandwagon. And if you're watching them and, and, and you know baseball, you're like, they're going to fall off. Yep. You know? and, and it almost always happens. It felt like when I was with the Braves, the Marlins always got off to a hot start. They were always, you know, mm-hmm. either three games up in first place somehow in, in early May. And people are asking if they're for real. But when you're playing against teams, you're like, no. We're, we're going to be there. Yeah. And that's that's how I feel about the Braves. You know, I don't even worry about the games. I think that's generally right. That's because the teams with the money, with the talent, you know, are, are going to – not necessarily the money, but usually the money, but also the talent, like the the Rays or whatever, uh, or the Braves that are deep. That depth is going to play out over the course of a season where yeah. is, you can get by with, uh, you know, a limited uh, minor league system and backups and, and a – decent not very good bench for a while but it's going to catch up with you over the course of yeah that. that's why baseball is so different man i mean i always wonder how you know i don't you know you're not going to do it but how baseball games would be if you only played 16 i mean are you selling out every game and and then yeah. all of a sudden every play matters like it does now you know and yeah. guys didn't have time to, to to let the water find its level i, I think excitement wise uh, you'd have you'd have a lot of fans in the game because people sit through a football game. Doesn't take much longer and they watch every play. Right. But a right. 162 game baseball season, you can just come back in a week. Yeah. Baseball is more like following a soap opera for a year. Yeah. It's a different mentality. Yeah. And it's thank you, man. Sport. Mm-hmm. You got to have an attention span for, first of all, you know, the type of person that maybe reads once in a while <laughs> yeah. to follow a team over the full season day in, day out. Or to even follow most games, you know? Yeah. Football's a different, it's a whole different participatory event as far as watching, you know? Anybody can get excited, especially you're watching in a group setting, especially when you have fantasy football and most of all gambling. I mean, yeah. so many people gamble on the games. So they have a vested interest, you know? Can keep you uh, it, it just uh, locked in for three hours once a week. Anybody can do that, you yeah. know? When guys are beating the hell out of each other, especially. You try to manage a fantasy baseball team is a full time job. Yeah, <laughs> you know people don't do that. They don't get into it because they have to. They have to check their lineup and manage it and be on top of everything seven days a week. Where fantasy football, you can check in on Saturday and set everything up. What What did you look at as the date when uh, the the line of demarcation or whatever the the date where uh, you could really thin the herd a little bit in baseball. Did you look at uh, July fourth? Did you look at the end of May? Did you wh- when did you look? What do you look at as a time? Okay, let's give it a month or two. Where what, what, Memorial Day? What's the date you look at when you like to look at the standings and go? Okay, now I'll start to pay attention. Probably the All Star break. You know that long, it, you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, if you if you're 15 games back, it's a wrap. You know, you're, right, right. It's going to take a miracle, but right. But if you're five back, you're still. Good team. It's, it's nothing. Half, you still got. It's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing, and that's that's what's 
you know, I don't like to downplay it. Every game matters, but right. But it's know, different you, than even last year when sixty game season. You didn't well, last call year five was, games back. Last year, I didn't know how to gauge because if right. you get off to a bad start in a sixty game season, those first twenty games, that's a third of the year. Yeah. You get off to a bad twenty games this year, you you know that you'll see teams do that and win the division. Or even last year, if the Braves would have got off to this 0-3 start last year, it would have been like the equivalent of getting in a regular season, what, 120th? It would have been like uh, uh, getting off to an 0-8 start yeah. in a regular season. So yeah. that's different, you know? Yeah. 0-8 would be different coming out of the gate 0-8. That's a concern. Yeah. That's a concern. 0-3 <laughs> is not. That's just, that's hard to undo. Yeah. But, but it has been done. But it is a lot harder. Uh Really, the only division right now with current standings that are as predicted, kind of, you know, the consensus is the NL West because the Dodgers and the Padres are three and alone at three and a one atop the division. <laughs> but they're by far the two best teams in that division, yeah. and they didn't have to open against each other, so yeah. obviously. Uh, but that was interesting. Uh, the maybe the craziest stat I saw this weekend <laughs> was Fernando Tatis Jr. made five. Errors. I mean, what the hell's that? He had three last season. I bet you know. I bet it's a little harder to focus and and have that drive when you get three fifty. Yeah, a couple of throws too, just bad throws. Yeah, yeah. He'll lock in. He hit a bomb yesterday. Oh, that was. I don't a know bomb. how he has. Was, he's not a, a big guy. Yeah, four sixty. I think. I mean, for that's why baseball is different too. For he's not a big guy. It's not, he can, man. He's, he's wiry. Balls. Yeah. But he's thin. He's a yeah. slender guy. He looks like a runner almost, you know, a sprinter. Yeah, that, it, that's why he's so valuable too because he can actually play shortstop and hit like that. Yeah. You know, most guys with that type of pop have to be at a corner position. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, of the 28 teams that have played so far, the only winless teams in baseball are the Braves, Red Sox, and the A's. And the Red Sox are the only team from that three that I would have, you know, that I that I'm not expecting anything out of the other. I mean, the Braves and A's are A's are going to be good again. They always they are. always compete. But the how about if you're a Red Sox fan today because they have the highest priced ticket in the sport because the the uh, ballpark's so small. And I'm sure they're having very limited attendance uh, at the, probably at the lower end of percentage wise. I haven't looked, but uh, so their season tickets are got to be expensive. And they came. The Orioles went into Boston and swept the Red Sox in a three game series. But that's it's just one weekend, but that's a little shocking when the Orioles. <laughs> uh, 
it's hard for me to care what what happens to the Red Sox after trading Mookie Betts. Uh, yeah, like you, you know, they get what they deserve in that market. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't want to wish bad on anybody, but I don't feel bad for them. If, yeah, even if, if you, you <laughs> go to a. a their fans were pissed a year ago because they traded him all year. They're like, how did we trade Mookie Betts? Because then he goes and does what he does with the Dodgers to win a World Series. And now That's they what start he's already the new doing. Season. Yeah, now they start the new season by getting swept by the Orioles, the dreg of the division. I wonder, did they bump up the uh, season ticket prices too with, with less fans? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I'm sure the secondary market, the prices are sky high, but yeah. I, don't know if they, I don't think they bumped up the prices for the for season tickets, but... I'd have to look that up, but so the Braves three runs are the fewest in the majors among the 28 teams that have played. Of course, the Red Sox with five runs are the only other team with fewer than eight Braves hitters had the fewest walks in the majors. This was kind of startling five walks in that three game series with the third most strikeouts, 35 seven. That's not a good ratio for seven to one. It's a good ratio if you're a pitcher. Yeah. Hell of a ratio if you're a pitcher. Maddox-like ratio. Uh, Braves are tied with the Dodgers, who also have 35 strikeouts in four, but they've played four games, and they have more than four times as many walks as the Braves. Dodgers have 23 walks. So, uh, the, of the Bra- and of the Braves, get this, man, this stat. The Braves have five walks. Freddie has three of them. Mm-hmm. So that's one apiece by Acuna, Acuna and Ozuna. And that's it for the whole series. Which I don't yeah, know I mean, if that maybe. says more about the Phillies pitchers or about yeah. the Braves hitters or both. A little bit of both. You know, maybe some series. anxiousness on the, on the Braves yeah. part, trying to get excited for that opening series. But the Phillies pitched well. You got to give them credit. They but really did. I don't God, care how Wheeler good you pitch. Like, Wheeler looked like a Cy Young candidate for sure. Yeah. With that performance. His question's just been health. You know, he's yeah. been hurt a lot. That's that's why people were shocked he got yeah. that deal after I mean even you ride the, he's been riding the DL half his career, but that the reason he's gotten the chances that he's got is because that's in there, you know. Yeah. And he put together that big year when he did. And anytime you can throw ninety eight like that, yeah. Pretty, I mean easily. A smooth, smooth just sit ninety eight, yes. you know, you're gonna get paid. Yes, I mean, it's effortless. So Charlie Morton said, I haven't seen him much, you know, in person. And Charlie said, he's a lot like DeGrom. Long, yeah. uh, easy gas, almost yeah. effortless. And, I mean, you're watching him. If you had not seen, if you didn't have any idea who he was, you know, you don't, you don't pay t- close attention to the sport, and you watch that game, you would think, what is this, the best pitcher in baseball? I mean, he looked great. Yeah. <laughs> 97-100, like it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been taking the Phillies as serious, but if, you know, when you see something like that, it definitely puts a team on your radar. You know, if those two guys at the top and Eflin and they can pitch like that, you know, I mean, but that's why, that's why everybody's saying this is going to be the toughest division in the, in, in the game. Cause no, no doubt in my mind, <laughs> you know, you take a team for granted like the Phillies and, and they got that to throw at you. I mean, I don't know. I don't care how good you pitch though. Nobody's, nobody's holding the Braves lineup down. If, if they're locked in. Yeah. The Nationals. Now, now the problem with this for the Braves, for this Nationals, uh, getting their first po- four games postponed. I mean, if you're in the Nats, that's a horrible. Now they're going to line up bad. <laughs> huh? Now they're going to line up bad given. Yeah. Now they get Scherzer. Well, they're only going to play two games because they got 
uh, postponed today. So they would have got Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. They're one, two, three. So instead, I'm assuming they're just going to get Scherzer and Strasburg for the two-game series. So instead of getting, if the Nats would have played the Mets, the Braves would have got their four, five, and then Scherzer at the, in, in game five, or, or in game six, the third game of the series. But instead, they'll get Scherzer and Strauss. But the good for, thing for the Braves is, they haven't released their rotation plans yet, but this should allow them to avoid doing that bullpen game. Mm-hmm. So that works out well. Yeah. So you get Smiley that makes his debut in game tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, against Scherzer. And then you'd have Max Fried coming back on regular rest in the second game of the series. Against Strasburg. Yeah, nice matchup. That helps, actually, in a sense. But mm-hmm. you don't ever want to have – you don't want to sit, you know, when you get off to that rough start like they did. You'd rather just play and be out there than than worry about matching up better. But, yeah, I mean, it's three games. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about is if you're a player, I, I would think after a series like that, you get on you get on a uh, – what did they probably take? Uh, they went from D.C. They probably took a uh, – they rented a train a-, a couple years ago. I, I didn't ask what they were doing this year. But – However, you get to uh, DC. Do you want you know you get there last night? So instead of playing today, you're going to have all day. They'll probably go work out at the park, you know, after the Nationals or before the Nationals. But would would you much rather have played today than sit around and commiserate about you know, yeah, what just happened in uh, Philly? Yeah, I mean, the sooner the better. You know, yeah. if pitchers, uh, hitters, and nobody wants time off after this struggle because you got to sit and think about it. And when you can get back out there, I mean, I hated off days as a player because you kind of stiffen up and, and get out of your routine. You want to just keep going yeah. and you want to fix it. So that's what I was thinking is if they got, if this whole series got canceled, yeah, that, that put them in a, a really rough spot. Cause I don't know. You, you remember we had that hurricane. Yep. Never recovered, 2000, man. 2011. We thought we had the division one up in New York. The, you were in New York. Yeah. We thought we had the, we, we thought we had a spot locked up and, I, it was wild card, actually, right? We were, mm-hmm. we were. At, I don't even know. I don't even want to say how big that lead was, but we had that hurricane, and you wind up taking two or three days off and just coming out of it slow. And the other team's been playing the whole time. You know, it's kind of takes a second to shake that rust off. But it could be yeah. good too to have a day off if you know to break up the momentum too. Uh, the the which. We, just, we forgot to mention the worst part of the series. For, to me, there was no concern about the offense at all. Uh, no concern about anything. The Me, Martin. the only thing coming out of that series that you're worried about, a big worry, is Chris Martin. Yeah. He leaves the game yesterday. Snit was very vague, but when he said, whenever I hear Snit said, I asked Snit, what was the situation with Chris Martin? Because he leaves in the middle of a batter, which is never good. But – you know, Chris Martin's had some nagging stuff, a lot of the nagging stuff that's set, that set him back. It seems like each time he's out longer than you think he's going to be. But Snit said fingers. He felt something in his fingers. That's all he said. But to me, that's always with a pitcher. It always seems to be later if, if they say it was a tingling sensation. Now, I don't know because he didn't say, but I don't know what else you'd feel in your fingertips. And usually that's, what, forearm uh, flexor and all that. And those are usually things that can be a lot worse than – if you had uh, a slight twinge in other places. Yeah. Fingers isn't good. I mean, that's something going on with your older nerve. Usually I mean, there's two nerves that run through there, but if it's, 
numb fingers, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just inflammation in that joint, but uh-huh. my advice to him would be don't get an MRI because you get an MRI all of a sudden. I mean, they, they'll, if they do an MRI on any pitcher's elbow, you're finding a tear. Mm-hmm. There's no pitcher with a perfect UCL. I would just say, don't do an MRI, take some Advil and a few days off, or, or you might get Tommy John. So that's, that's what concerns you is when a guy feels something in his fingers, they're going to want to do an MRI and, and what they're going to find. Because advice used to be, you know, when when I first had elbow trouble was 05. And the advice was, it was at the end of the season, it was the playoffs, and I had tingling in my fingers. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do an MRI. They just said, you know, let's just rest up and see how it feels in, in, the, in the spring. Never hurt again. It didn't hurt again until 2013. Right. But, I mean, now when they do an MRI, they don't say, you know, you have a partial tear of your ligament, let's let's rehab it and let it heal. They say, let's fix it because they're so confident in the surgery. So they just want to go in and fix it. They act like, you know, Tommy John's just filling a cavity now. Like you just staple it up and and put you back out there in a year, you'll be fine. But anytime you can avoid, you know, opening up that joint and going in there, you know, I would, but that's the difference now. That's why you see so many Tommy John's because as soon as they see any partial tear in there, they just want to fix it, cut it open and, and sew it back together. Man, but if you're a relief pitcher and he's in the second year of a two-year deal, at, especially if you're 30 or older, last thing you want is to be hitting a free agent market, coming off Tommy John, post 30 years old. Good luck getting a deal, you know? That was my timing in 2013. Um, I got off to a rough start, and I had some stuff going on in my fingertips. And I went and talked to Porter, our trainer at the time, and he told me, you know, let's just you know, get some Voltaire and get you a little rest. And my agent wanted to do an MRI. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know if they go in there because we'd done an MRI last, uh, we did an MRI in June on my elbow 2012 and they found a partial tear and I pitched the rest of the year better than I pitched before that. I finished the year strong and 2013, I got off to a rough start. They saw that tear and it was kind of like, well, you know, it's been here for a while. It's getting worse. You got to have the surgery, but I always kick myself for that. Cause I'm like, you know, everything was going smooth up until that point. Yeah. And I was never the same after the surgery. Well, and they said Maddox pitched, I don't know how many years, but a, a lot of the last end of his career with a partial tear that would have, yeah. that nowadays, like you said, most guys would get Tommy John and he just put, he kept pitching. Huddy, Huddy, apparently when I signed with the A's, um, I was talking to the trainer because I had another partial tear in my shoulder, in my labrum, I had a tear and, you know, I was panicking cause I'm sitting down with the trainer after my physical I was like, you know, you're not going to, we're still going to do this deal, right? Uh-huh. I had a two-year deal coming off of Tommy John. So I'm coming off of Tommy John and I had a partial tear in my shoulder and they still signed me. That's that's how there's just, that's how much it explains that there's always stuff going on in pitchers' arms. But he was telling me, he's like, we're not even worried about it. Huddy's, Huddy's shoulder's been hanging off, like hanging halfway off since he was here. They, they'd done his and his labrum was completely shredded. I don't know. He never even had shoulder surgery. No. He pitched, and maybe maybe in his late thirties he did, but he pitched the rest of his career from the time he was Oakland all the way through his career when he finished up with the Giants with his shoulder just hanging on by a shoestring. Oh, no, he had Tommy John when he was with the Braves. He had Tommy John. Yeah. I know that. That's crazy. So I man. mean, that's that's just my advice to pitchers: is yeah, <laughs> don't ever get an MRI because the you you, you just don't want to know what's going on in there. Yeah. I, so they're going to do an MRI though, I bet. But that's I've heard that so many times though is if you took. If you did an MRI on the elbow or shoulder of every pitcher that's been in the big leagues for a few years, n- almost none of them are going to be sound, perfect. Nope. 
and that's everybody's talking about, you know, they think the velo and all this other stuff is why Tommy Johns are up, but it's just the confidence that, that everybody has in the surgeons and the process and the rehab of, of Tommy John that now anytime you have an MRI on your elbow, it shows that tear and pitchers go get the surgery and get it fixed. It's become so commonplace, but people don't realize how brutal it is to go through the rehab for a year. I mean, oh, it's misery. <laughs> I couldn't even like after that surgery, anytime something hurt, I was like, I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> I don't want to have another surgery. I don't want to be out rehabbing. You know, I mean, you, you're, you're stuck with your elbow like this for, oh. for the first, you, you know, I think it's the mental stress too, of not knowing how it's going to heal and if you're going to be back and if you're, you know, I, w- I wish I never did it. And then the first time you try to pick up a ball or whatever, you're like, oh my God, this is never coming Poop back. salad. You're trying to, you're throwing 60 feet at 36 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, and there's, there's your workout for the day. Uh, this series, the Braves, the first four. The first four, Acuna, Albies, Freeman, and Ozuna, were a combined three for 44 in the series. Acuna was two for 12. Dude, that means the other guys were one for 32. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, there's, there's no way to sugarcoat wow. it. The offense sucked. They sucked for a series. Yeah. And you're going to have series where the pitchers suck. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's part of being a team. You pick each other up. They weren't able to do it, but. This is when it's nice to have that great team chemistry, too. When guys don't point yeah. fingers, you know, they don't blame. Or panic. It's or like panic. last year when the starters were, you know, exiting after two, three, four innings every night, and the bullpen was just carrying so much of the burden. They never mm-hmm. complained. They never said, you know, look, we're going to have bad nights when we're out there pitching six nights, six innings a night, you know. They never said that. So, you know, and there were periods where the offense carried the pitching staff. So that, that's the important thing I think about guys genuinely liking each other. And importance of leadership because yeah. you know when when you start off zero and three you got to answer questions about it and and young guys will you know that outside pressure can ooze into the clubhouse and guys can start feeling that but you need a leader somebody that's been through it a thousand times and Derek Lowe used to walk around the clubhouse just saying it's still early he'd be saying that in September yeah. you know I mean that was he'd just scream it all the time just to emphasize the point not to panic but you. If you don't have good leaders, you know, that that stress and that pressure can kind of creep in and, and you could feel, you know, a little bit of pressure from that that 0-3 start. But the guys they got, they're not worried about it. And tell me something. How much do you think they appreciate not having an open clubhouse right now during, during a series like that? They don't have to answer those questions. It's like well, it's tiresome. I mean, you, you wind up not wanting to suck so you don't have to answer questions about it more than more than actual feeling the pressure from the games. So the only guy that even has to answer the question is the uh, is Snet. And then whoever they yep. bring out to the Zoom. So, sucks for us. Yeah. Sucks for the fans who want to hear, you know, players say it. But if you're a player, you're like, right now, this is nice not having an open clubhouse. Yeah. I mean, baseball quotes are so vanilla anyway, though. You know, you just yeah. Oh, yeah. You throw out your thing. cliches. It's early. It's one series, blah, blah, blah. That's all you hear. That's all you ever hear. Yeah. And it's it's hard when the cliches are true. But, yeah. you know, you just get tired of saying the same thing. You, you wind up just – wanting to fix it so you can move on you know, in, in that side of the game. Braves have 12 total hits so far. The Astros and the Dodgers each have 12 doubles. <laughs> they have 47 hits apiece, the Astros and the Dodgers do. Among teams that have played three games, it's fun with the small sample size because these numbers are so crazy. <laughs> Among three teams that have played three games like the Braves, the Royals have 36 hits. The Royals, three times as many hits as the Braves. 
And Kansas City scored 28 runs in its opening three-game series to the Braves three. <laughs> These are things that are not going to play out over the course of which the season. team you putting your money on. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's just it's just kind of underscores the fact that anything could happen in a three-game series, man. Uh, but yeah, like like you were talking about Phillies, maybe you under uh, you weren't convinced at all the Phillies can be a factor. But I swear, after looking at watching their pitchers, I know we didn't get deep into their bullpen and we didn't see their number four and five, but their pitchers had a zero point six one WHIP. And they held the Braves to a 128 batting average in that series. Uh, I was convinced by those three starters and the back end of that bullpen. They Dave did a good job in short time bringing in a couple of guys in the back end of that bullpen that are going to yeah. be uh, going to help them tremendously. Because last year, don't for, don't for those who might have forgot, they had a 7.06 bullpen ERA last year, worse than the majors, 7.06, which is hard to do. That's awful. Well, it's deflating too. Yeah, because you you lose games you should have won, and there's nothing harder for a team to swallow than t- your whole team does everything they're supposed to, and some dipshit reliever comes in and gives up a four spot. Yeah, you know, because you know you beat the other team, you you, you handled their starter. Um, that that's another reason why the the bullpen being strong is so important is just the emotional aspect of the game, and those games you lose that you should have won. And you and you beat them for seven or eight innings of the game, and you still lost. Those are the hardest for teams to swallow. But I mean, this series, the Braves just got beat. They could have won. They could have won all those games. And I'm yep. going back and forth whether I like that extra inning rule over 162 or not. But it didn't work out for them in, in the tenth. Yeah, the only thing I like about it is you don't get those 16, 18 inning games where yeah. a reliever has to get option to the minors the next day. And, you know, there's just a lot of crazy stuff that comes out of that that's not right. Um, and usually it's just the end zone. A guy makes a mistake and a guy hits one out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's those games that, that someone's going to have to mess up. They're never going to end once guys go into, you know, trying to hit that game winning homer mode. But yeah, especially as they get deeper, longer and longer. It definitely, you know, it, it takes bullpen depth and, and rotation depth out of the equation because mm-hmm. it, you don't have to have as deep of a pen. Uh, all of a sudden, you get a runner on second for free, and you get a cheap hit, and you get to walk a team off. That, oh. That's kind of why I, I'm, I liked it last year because last year just felt kind of like a fake season anyway for yeah. the most part until you got to the playoffs. But this is a real season now. It's 162, and it could come down to one game. Absolutely. I like it. I think I like it. I mean, I know I like it. I, it's just uh, you got to be ready for it, though. You know, because it happens so quickly. You got to know what you're going to do. Okay, are you going to? Because if they're going to, are you going to bunt? If you're if you're the offensive team, are you going to bunt? And that depends. Are you at home? Did they score in the top of that? Because if they don't score, if the visiting team doesn't score, it makes it so easy for the home team. Because all you got to do is get that one run. You know, you got three shots to to hit a bloop single and you win the game. Get him over, and then you're set. I mean, if you got a guy to combine, I don't know. To me, it emphasized. I like the fact that it uh, it should for teams that should emphasize the bunt a little more. They should have guys that yeah. can at least let that put down a bunt. Because if that guy can get him over to third, you know, fly ball wins it. Yeah, exactly. Situational hitting, you know, it's it's definitely taken a hit in the last five years because players don't get they don't get jobs to be able to do that anymore. Yeah, you know, they, they want to see you. They want to see you hit. They'd rather see you hit 260 with 30 than, you know, which a lot of us would. But yeah, um, it, it's just 
you'd almost want to build your bench to have a, a, a really good situational type a of guy. A guy like Kung Fu you know? Panda. Yeah, yeah. They can go up there. You know he's not going to strike out. The one yep. thing you can't have happen is a strikeout with right. that first at bat. Right, exactly. exactly. If you could just get a good at bat. I mean, if you got a guy you know you can put the bat on the ball, you could just hit a ground ball to the right side. If it trickles through, you win. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, then he did his job. You got to run it on third, one out. So I mean, it definitely does. You know, maybe, maybe in a sense, it does emphasize that situational part of the game that a lot of us appreciate. Yeah, ironically, something that's like yeah. a sideshow emphasizes yeah. the fundamentals of the game more yeah. than you know uh, any other thing that we've had lately. Yeah, yeah, but a guy like yeah Sandoval, that's the guy you want up there in that situation. You yeah. know, he's or, hard to strike out. Yeah, or if the guy gets to third, now there's one out. Again, you want Sandoval up there, getting you a sack fly or a ground ball to the right side, you know, in the hole. Yeah, I think, too, you know, there's, there's an emotional aspect for guys that are trying to be heroes. So you got you want players that that don't need to hit a two-run walk-off homer right, there. Right, right. You, you know, if you're, if you're at home, you want hero, a guy yeah. you want a guy that doesn't need to make the, the highlights. You want a guy that can just take a slap single. And, and there's, there's less and less of that happening in the game, too. Yeah, now if you've got teammates and one of them's a guy like Sandoval, who's a World Series MVP, three time uh, was a, two, a couple of time All Star, three time World Series champion, you know he's going up there to do the right thing. He doesn't give a he doesn't give no. a shit. He's not trying he's to. He's already hit a home had run. his glory. Yeah, yeah. And he hits a home run the other day. He's not trying to hit one though. He's up there trying to have a good at bat. Yeah, man, he's still got bat yeah. speed. Did you see that bomb? No, let him eat. Let him eat. <laughs> he's got bat speed. It just yeah. looks so. You're not expecting it. He gets up there, and he's this fat guy up there, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, and he pulls that ball to the seats. It was like, whoa. Yeah, he Impressed. destroyed that ball. He's a ball player, man. You know, yeah. this guy probably couldn't play any other sport, but he can play baseball. <laughs> you know, baseball, you don't have to leave the ground. Look so. at John Crook. He's yeah. kind of John Crook, you know. Um, Archie Bradley and Jose Alvarado, those were the two big pieces for them. Now, you're going to need more than that over 162, but for a series like that, then you get Naris coming in, and Naris look great. But Alvarado, is, that dude's easy 100. He's yeah. up there throwing 99, 100. And I pop- can't figure out if the guns are faster now or what's going on, but it seems like every single guy can just sit 96, 97. Yeah. Pache, Pache just about got that ball in two on him, 100.2 yeah. opposite field. Could a whole series might have been different, you know? Who knows? I mean, well, it's just, that's you it's know that they change the balls a little bit. It's change that the close. balls a little bit. Yeah, I thought overall, Pache. I don't know what the even numbers even say. I just know what he I saw, good. and he had. I thought he had a good series. He made a great yeah. throw, man. Great throw. Yeah. And so how about the Acuna. throw that Acuna made to second base? And it was Harper too. Yeah, <laughs> loved it. Trying trying to test him a little bit, yeah. but gunned him down, man. That, I think over the course of the season, we're going to see some great outfield play. And I'll tell you what, Ozuna handled every opportunity, every chance that was hit to him, and there were some pretty difficult ones. He came in final balls like uh, on the line, about 40 uh, feet up. He went back to the wall fine. I mean, if you didn't know that his past, you would have watched and gone, oh, yeah, that guy's fine out there. Just typical outfield. Yeah. It was just that one play climbing the climbing the wall and the, the yeah. ball lands on the warning track. I'm, I mean, I'm sure the stats show he might be average or below average, whatever you know teams are worried about. But I think you know going going through a trip of free agency and seeing that's holding you up. Yeah, 
teams were worried about having to put him in the outfield. It's something you're gonna you're gonna really work on. I think in left field he's okay. He's fine. Right field you don't want to do that. We saw that twice last year. He played right field, especially with that tricky wall at uh, short at, uh, at at that high wall in Atlanta. Uh, right mm-hmm. field no, because the arm's not real good. But left field he's fine. I don't yeah. think he's gonna. He, he had a lollipop throw in that first game that was uh, that was not good. But yeah. I think over the course of a season and a series, he's going to be okay out in left field for the bat he's going to give you. But uh, it. yeah, the Philly relievers, though, yeah, that you wanted to get to their bullpen last year, obviously, because any game was winnable. You could be down yeah. four and you could still beat them last year. They limited the Braves to one hit and two walks with eight strikeouts in five and a third innings in that series. So you just did not see that last year from them, even in one series. So yeah. That that's a game changer having a strong pen because yeah. it 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 takes a lot of pressure off your starting staff too, and it puts pressure on the other team's offense. If you know you got Alvarado and and Archie Bradley throws gas, yeah, he's closed. And, Neris and then Neris Neris throws gas, but he's got that split that guys yes. just can't pick up on. Yes. So now now you know as an offense, once you get to the sixth, you know if if you're not in control, you it could be over. So it, I don't know what else they got, but those three right there gives them a big up on what they had last year. I'll tell you that. If they can get if they can get six or seven out six or seven out of their starter, they're they're looking good there. So, guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. Directv gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Something interesting, I looked up. The Braves are three games behind the Phillies now. Braves never trailed by more than two games last year. Again, it's a 60-game season, so it's very different. But they never trailed by more than two games in the NL East last year. They were two behind... After 21 games last season, then they were tied two days later, and they took sole possession of first place in the 24th game of the year last year and led the rest of the way. Sole possession. So what what date would that be? They need to do that by this year. <laughs> what? So it went probably four weeks into the season. Yeah. End of this month. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, even even when you look at it and you're three games back, you have to look at it as games back too. Right. You know, you three games back and in September, the other team's not comfortable. Three games back in April, who cares? No, we've seen that from the Braves, you know, eight, ten games ahead. <laughs> it was ten, I think. It was ten in 2011. We had a ten-game lead on the Cardinals in the wild card. And I remember Derek Lowe saying it, man. He's because people were starting to panic, and he said the only way we don't win this division is if the plane crashes. <laughs> well, that's how that's how confident we were feeling at the time. So I mean, it, it can definitely happen, but yeah, it's a long season. Did you tell him after it was over the plane crashed? It pretty the plane crashed in a sense. <laughs> that's what Freddie felt like. Oh, that was yeah, still, was, was that still Bobby or was Freddie? That was Freddie. Yeah, Freddie had the Freddie's call first out. year. Freddie had two of them. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that was when. Oh, that was in 2010. Yeah, everything that could go wrong went wrong, it's, including the as Chipper put it, when you lose a ground ball in the lights. That's things aren't going your way. That's what happened at Florida State at the the old park. I think Pro in Fonte player, hit Joe that. Robbie. Huh? Walked us off with a chopper, you know, in the lights. They lost it. The lost it because they they didn't have baseball lights. Obviously, they were designed for football. But he lost it in the lights. <laughs> I've never seen it before or since. That was such a nightmare. <laughs> uh, Braves lost a game on a chopper the other day. Chop single over Austin Riley's head. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. You know, it's that throwing that runner on second base. It just it takes. Yeah, you just have to put the ball in play, and, and you can win the game. You know, just a little chopper or a bloop single, especially on a windy, cold day like that. Feels hard, dirt's hard in front of the plate. He hit yep. that thing; it was a, it was you know, he didn't have a chance. Got close to it, yeah. but he really didn't have a chance. Yeah. Before he could think about it. Uh so let's see. The Braves scored three runs, struck out thirty-five times in a series a year ago. A year ago. Remember that crazy number of strikeouts they had early last season? I remembered that, and I looked it up because I remembered it was huge totals. They struck out 74 times in the first six games last year, that seasoning opening trip to Mets and a Rays, when they faced the Mets and a Rays. And although after getting shut out on opening day last year, they scored 33 runs in the next five games. Yeah. So they were swept – you don't have to go back far, though, to recall a time when the Bra- this happened to the Braves. Two years ago, they were swept at Philly in the opening series when the- when they had Kyle Wright and Bryce Wilson both had to make starts because everybody was hurt. You know, yeah. Fulty was hurt coming back like three weeks into the season, whatever. Uh, they had a couple of the guys that were hurt. So they started both of those guys, and they weren't ready at that time. So, But they got pounded that opening series in Philly two years ago. Then they went home. And they won four in a row against the Cubs. They swept the Cubs and then the Marlins. They won four in a row against the Cubs and the Marlins and outscored those teams 27 to 8, including a shutout to start each of those two series at home. That was after getting swept by the Phillies. So they don't get to go home this time. They got to go to down, down the highway to Washington to face Scherzer and Strauss. So we'll see. Well, you know, the hard part about it is you can always kind of. When you run into teams with this good of pitching, you can kind of blame it on that. But it's that's going to be in the division all year. Exactly. You know, you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to go up against pitching like that all year, and luckily they have it too. But it could, you know, 
they could have a rough series in Washington too, going against two guys that you make the same excuses. We just ran into good pitching. Yeah. And and it's it's not an excuse, actually. I mean, it's a legit reason. If legit. if Max Scherzer's locked in and Strasburg's locked in, they're as good as anybody in the game. I I don't think anybody put the Phillies rotation uh more than fourth in the division going in. And maybe fifth yeah. behind the Marlins with those young arms they have. Yeah. You know? So but if you watch that series against the Braves, you would have got these so this are the worst starters in the division. Holy shit. This division yeah, is stacked. It is. It's stacked. I don't know that there's been a division that has this good of starting pitching. At least like the first three guys on every team. I'd have to go back and do in the hit, you know, and look it up. Be hard to look up, but I don't know that there's been a division in recent memory that has this many good starters on each team. Every team. Every I mean, team. You, you'd have a team with an ace, like you'd have Josh Johnson you had to go up against, yep. but then after that you'd have Annabelle Sanchez, who's right. a, a really good pitcher, but he's beatable when he's even when he's on, you can get him. Like if I mean, you go to New York and Degrom, Syndergaard, and Stroman are locked in, yeah, yeah, yeah it's tough. There, there's going to be good baseball though for people that really appreciate it. There's going to be a lot of well pitched games. I love it, man. I love these games instead of eight to seven, ten to nine. I like yeah. the I like a good three two game. You know, you want to see it. You want to see a big home run game now and then, but not every night. Yeah. Night in, you want to see well pitched games, just better two and a half to three hour games instead of three and a half to four. You know, I was wondering that that um, Milwaukee game. Corbin had a no hitter, and the dude he was going up against had a no hitter too, all the way to like the fifth or sixth inning. Sixth Barrios, inning. Barrios had a no hitter too, and Barrios got yanked with a no hitter yeah. at eighty four pitches. That shows you how much the games changed what, right there. What you think of that? I want to throw up. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess the way they look at it is there's no way we're letting him go nine. Right. Right. So, but even six, six innings. Yeah. You're getting through seven. I'm thinking the rationale is like you said, it's 84 pitches already. So what if we let him go another inning and he's through seven and a hundred pitches, then do you go, that's a quick inning. What if he has a 10 pitch inning? So then yeah. you're at 110, 15 pitches through eight. You don't take a guy out with a no-hitter through eight. So that's the rationale, and I understand it. Get him out before the, the yep. pressure to keep him in was there. Yep, and Craig Council like is it. really smart. Well, that was um, that was Rocco Baldelli that did it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's Barrios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I was wondering, you know, just, just in general. Rocco Baldelli's if, if smart. <laughs> yeah, he's But he's I see the rationale. Be. You know what I'm saying? I do see the rationale. It's an easier decision to make then. Then one inning later. Oh, if he goes another one, you can't take him out. Yeah. But I don't think you can take him out through through six. And 84 pitches isn't a lot. No, it's not. I guess this this early in the year it might be, but I didn't I didn't watch every pitch. I don't know if he was laboring or, right. or if he was grinding through at bats. But, you know, you're supposed to be at six pitches an inning or 15 pitches an inning. So 15 pitches an inning through six, you know, you're at 90. Yeah. But like we said, so he's under he's under pace to go seven innings at one hundred five. But like we said, though, that's the problem. Though, what what's the difference in if he goes six no hit or if he goes seven no hit? He's not going to go nine because he's going to have yeah. to have one hundred and fifteen pitches to go nine, and you're not going to have to do that to him first game probably. I mean, just remember remember uh, when uh, the no hitter that what Santana threw, you yeah. He was. I mean, I know that's an extreme example, but he was never the same after they let him go one hundred and thirty or whatever that night. And in the first game of the year, nowadays, because it wouldn't have been anything back in the day, you know, to go 115 no. in the first game. But it is now because these guys aren't conditioned to do it anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, it being early, but I just don't, you know, push him back a day. Let him make history. Push him back a day or two. So you're leaving him in. I'm leaving him in. What if he's through, what if he goes through eight or if he's through seven in a hundred pitches? He's in. What you if he's no 110? He's in. I'm not taking him out. I don't care. I'm no hitter, man. <laughs> but like you said, but you, you had burned the franchise down to make trades to go. I would. Yeah, I would have burned this franchise down two years ago trying to get that bullpen stronger. Um, or making a trade last year for a starter when they were struggling, and that worked out. I'm not I'm not a expert in that category. Well, how about Leiter getting taken out the other day after he had thrown a no-hitter his previous start? I think his future's looking pretty bright. My I mean, God. This guy, he, he takes a no-hitter in a six or seven inning every start. I I mean, I think at the start of the year, people were asking which guy you want, Rocker or, or yeah. Lighter. And I remember telling Moylan I wanted Lighter, just, just looking at his stuff. But, I mean, it's a tough choice. But yeah. he's high intensity, though. You know, I mean, he he's max effort. Um, that might be – that might factor in, you know, the way he pitches. Yeah. That might factor into why you'd want to take him out and not let him right. get that, that second no-hitter. Absolutely. And I think it makes it easier when you've already got a no-hitter in the bag – you know, to, to take a guy out. But it seems to me like there's, it's not as many this, you know, past couple of years, last year was a crazy year, but I, I feel like no hitters aren't quite what they used to be. No, I don't. I, I used to see maybe one a season and there was a season there where I felt like Arietta threw one. Oh yeah. There was I one mean, like there, every other week for that one season. Like, yeah. A couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't have the same effect. Well, it wasn't a perfect game, but still, it's a no-hitter. And also, listen to this. You've got, a, you've got a great coach at Vanderbilt, great program. You know you've got a generational-type talent with Leiter. His dad is Al Leiter. Are you going to answer to Al Leiter if you leave this kid in to throw a no-hitter when he's already got one the previous week? And you know in your head you're going, okay, it's we're already at 80 pitches. He's going to take 120. You're going, there's no way I'm telling Al Leiter, I left this kid in to throw a no-hitter. He's at 120 pitches in the ninth inning, and he gets hurt. There's no way. Well, that's a that's a big di- difference, too, because he hasn't made any money yet. Right. You know, I mean, he's got his whole pro career ahead of him. You could cost a generational talent. Uh, yeah, you're not messing with that. Everything. You're like, I mean, the dude. Yeah. I, I'd rather him be angry at me than his dad be angry at me when he gets hurt and facing a lawsuit, yeah. you know, with some crazy stuff. You know, you just don't yeah. know. Yeah. But I'm thinking all yeah. these things, especially if you're a great coach there, and you know he's going to throw another one probably before it's over anyway. Shit, yeah. every time he goes out there, he might throw one. Yeah, like just do it next time, man, and keep your pitch down down. And this is facing SEC competition too. This guy's not yeah. facing, you know, it's not a basketball team playing a division uh, one double a team early in the year they're facing sec talent he's doing this you could throw him in the big leagues right now oh and he'd... absolutely <laughs> I, I bet he spends less than a, less than a uh a season in the minors he'll be like linscombe where it's just like two or three starts and you're up and then you know maybe maybe there's a learning curve at at the big leagues once he gets there but yeah. i don't see anybody in triple a or any level of the minors really even giving him a chance to learn anything because he's his stuff's so damn good, and I think that's just an advantage of having a dad that you gotta you gotta figure the knowledge that his dad was able to pass on to him. He's yeah he's advanced mentally well beyond the years of of yep. a normal twenty twenty one year old. I mean, you just watch his dad on MLB Network when he breaks down pitching. He does that to me. He does that better than anybody. Yeah, anybody. He's awesome. When he when he starts going on MLB Network and starts showing, I, I take notes, man. That guy. Yeah. Not just sequencing either, you know, yeah. mechanical stuff, yeah. mechanical stuff. And 
there, there's always a video of, of lighter the hitter step out of the box and he's just sitting here waiting for it's him. awesome you know like he never loses focus I love that one. that's that's something his dad taught him he said head down and just wait but you, you know learning that stuff from your dad it's yeah you're gonna be so far beyond anybody else his dad's got it, so much energy too when he's your passion when he's explaining a grip and stuff and coming over to I covered his dad with the Marlins. I covered his dad through the first no-hitter for the Marlins in 90, 95. So I covered that. So to see his kid out there throwing no-hitters now. It's insane. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things in baseball is I, I saw Mike Cameron's son make a diving play in the gap the other day. Uh-huh. And Mike was watching it on his phone in the clubhouse he's coaching. But that's one of my favorite things in baseball is seeing guys' kids come up. Yeah. Vladimir uh, Guerrero Jr. BGO. Um, Biggio, you see these Bichette. guys and they move like their dad. Bichette yeah. moves like his dad. It's that's one of my favorite things to watch. Vlad Guerrero, yeah, especially since this kid lost the weight. Now he really looks a lot more like his dad. Same swing, yeah. Same swing. Prince Fielder's son. Oh, he's yeah. gonna be good. That was crazy. Yeah, their bodies. He's gonna be good. He was yeah. like his dad, only in shape. You know, yeah, or better yeah, shape. That's a scary thought. Yeah. That's a scary thought because Prince was always overweight. You know, I mean, he was always a big guy. But when he, he def- when he did that uh, body thing though for ESPN, as big as oh, he was, strong. he was still put together. He wasn't just oh, he like was sloppy. No, I mean that dude had a. That's one of those bodies that you're like, wow. He could have been a lineman or whatever he wanted to do with that body. Just power athlete. And that that's kind of the same logic I have with Sandoval. You know, he went to Boston, everybody's picking on yeah. him for being heavy, but power guys that can move, I mean, they can their body supports that extra weight just fine. Just let them be. Yeah, look like a heavyweight wrestler in college or something. Um so but you know, there was there was this scenario that Britt that Brett uh mentioned that was hilarious. It, it's not gonna work out now, probably. But if the Nationals, if for some reason they had had to cancel this series against the Braves, right? They go out to play the Dodgers next. The Dodgers is going to be their home se- uh, their home opener. The Dodgers would present their rings from last year's World Series before the Nationals because the Nationals are going to present theirs from out. the year before, and they still haven't done it. Yeah. They're going to do it in front of fans for the first series. The Nation- the Dodgers would have given out their rings before. <laughs> from two years ago before or from last year before the nationals year from two years ago <laughs> that would man be- that'd be so weird you know i mean who's even left on the team i know you, you know like it's i know what's the point yeah there's not many i mean i mean obviously there's a couple of pitchers and main guys but there there's a lot of guys gone man and they've had their rings for you know a year now <laughs> they're gonna it's raise the like flag and all that the they're gonna raise the, the they're gonna raise yeah. the world series flag or whatever they're it's gonna do tough break <laughs> <laughs> just you got to just say we got screwed, man. We can't celebrate yeah. it now, though. Yeah, but they really did get. You talk about the most overshadowed World Series victory in history. Yeah, they did not get to enjoy that. Remember, they go into spring training before the quarantine, even before the pandemic even started. They were completely overshadowed there because everybody was focusing on the Astros who share a facility with them because of the Astros yeah. cheating scandal. Yeah. So they never got – they were never in the spotlight, the Nationals, after it was over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got to do the fun part. They got to yeah. do the, the parade and, and the celebrating. Yeah. I mean, so that's one small thing, but – And they've got their rings. Still cool. That nobody yeah, can ever take from them. for a year. Them. Yeah. And they can say they're World Series champions, man. Uh, real quick, 
Let's pick. Let's do some picks. We we forgot to do this the other day, but I, I think it's even better to do it now because you look even you know after some of these teams got off the horseshit starts, you're still going to pick them, and that means we're we're picking guys over the course of a long season rather than just following the trend. Whatever you know. Um, yeah. Let's start with. Uh, uh, let's do them all. I'm going to go AL wild card. Hope you had a chance to look this over. I'm going to go. Angels over the Rays for the AL wild card. And then I'm taking White Sox over the Angels and the Yankees over the Astros in the division series. I don't like anybody beating the Rays in the wild card. I think I'll go. Uh, yeah, good point. I'll say the Angels lose lose to the Rays in the wild card. I mean, Astros are going to win that division, but. Yankees, Yankees will win theirs. Yankees and Rays to go to the World Series. Yankees and Rays to go to the ALCS, you mean? The ALCS, sorry, right. yeah, yeah. I'm taking I, the White Sox over the Yankees in the ALCS. How about that? Mark it down. I don't know if I don't know if I believe in the White Sox yet because yeah. the Twins have done it. Twins have done it. I don't even know if the Josh White Sox hurt again. In. Shocker, huh? Yeah. <laughs> People that wanted the Braves to sign him to that long-term deal, <laughs> man, that was a smart move. They got that year out of him. Well, he plays hard too. Yep. You know, I mean, I think that's one of the things that that probably sets him back is when he's on the field, he's hundred and twenty percent. Yeah. He's laying out. He's very physical. Swinging hard. He's and got his a body big just swing. won't handle it anymore. Yeah. So you got ALCS. Who'd you say? Oh man, Yankees Twins. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Yankees. All right. In the NL, I got the Padres over the Brewers in the wild card game. And I got the Braves over the Cardinals and the Dodgers over the Padres. Division foes are going to face each other in that. Oh, man. Padres are going to be there. There's no rule against that, right? They win a wild card game, they'd still Dodgers would say if their Dodgers are top seed, they still played them, right? Yeah. 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 So they're gonna lose to the Dodgers. Um Braves are gonna play. I got the Brewers, Braves. Braves win. And I got the Braves going again. But but a good series against the Dodgers. I think they can beat them, just haven't been through it with them before. Uh-huh. But I got to pick my guys. So you're taking the Dodgers over who? Uh, Dodgers, I think, going to play the, play the Padres after Padres win the wild card. Okay. You're taking the Dodgers over that and then Braves over the Dodgers? Yeah. Okay. Well, people are going to hate me, but I'm taking the Dodgers over the Braves. I know. But like I said last year when I made this pick on our uh, the athletic podcast that we did a thing, Roundtable Night, I said – because nobody picked the Braves last year. Everybody's taking the Dodgers in four or five games. And I said, I'm taking the Dodgers, but don't be surprised. It's not going to surprise me if the Braves win it or at least go uh, seven games. I said that. So. I'm taking them because they had them last year. Yeah, they should have. They should have won you last know, year. They had them beat last year. Dodgers and I are think better I've, now, though, this year. Yeah, but. So are the Braves. They should be. Pitching. They should be better because of pitching. Bauer looked pretty good too. He did. You see him do a strut. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know, of course, of year how his how his personality is going. They can absorb his personality, but it's not going to help the clubhouse. 
I just don't know his personality handle a big market. You know, I mean, yeah. he's he. You see him snap at a seventeen-year-old girl on on Twitter. It's not a good fit. <laughs> you know? I don't so I think fit. if I'm interested in how he struggles and and all that. I mean, he went from Cleveland yep. to Cincinnati yep. to LA. You can kind of to to LA, where, and that's something we don't we don't talk about a ton. But but dealing with the media is a major major factor because it's just constant reinforcement yep. that you either sucked or you're good. You know, so there's going to be a lot more media asking him questions and. People, people wanting him to fail because it's drama and season on anything that he does stupid or says. They're not just going to let it slough off by next by pitching great the next time out or whatever. Well, you do that strut and then give up a four yeah. spot. You know, you, you know, then you got to answer questions. It's kind of like with him, he ups the ante and he really enjoys that yeah, competition. He does. To his credit, he does. But I don't know how he'll enjoy really having, you know. A, f- a big media market on his ass when he struggles, you know, if he has two or three bad starts. I mean, it's not New York, but it's a big media market and they will rip. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, uh, and he hasn't done anything for them yet. So he doesn't have any loyalty no. built up in the fans. You know, you get off to a rough start, you got a big deal, you know, there's, you can get booed in LA. And you've got a huge deal. That's like costing them so much. The first two years going to limit them from mm-hmm. going out and doing maybe some other things. So you better perform. And there's those out clauses in it. So yeah. he needs to perform. Yeah. Or they'll be like, we gave you 45 million for this. We never gave Kershaw more than 35. Yeah. And he did yeah. it for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. So I got World Series. I got Dodgers over the White Sox. Who you got? Well, I went, I went Yankees Braves. So I'm gonna take the Braves. I, I think whoever wins the the NL is is gonna win the. World I hope Series. you're right, man. I mean, I hope you're right, and I'm wrong about the Dodgers over the Braves. I really do, and, and it's not gonna surprise me at all uh, if the Braves get a World Series. Not gonna surprise me one bit. It's I right. think the experience will play this year yeah. because I think that was one thing that the Dodgers did last year. Even when they were down, they just kept having tough at bats. Yep. They just kept grinding, 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 and they and they just kept coming back into games and having big hits. And I think that was just one difference of the experience that that the Braves didn't have yet. But you see the process, man. You see the teams work their way to that World Series and then lose it, and then come back and get it. And look at the look at the starters that the Braves would run out there in an NLCS this time compared to last year when they got blown up in that one game. You know, they didn't get out of first. Inning. Charlie's been there before. Charles been there. He's the best postgame pitcher of the last five years. That's what I like. Three game seven wins. And that could be your number three, you know, if, if everything's working out well. If Soroka's back by then, he should be really strong. Man. Freed. So you look at that, though. You Charlie look at they, Soroka? They, they had the Dodgers last year without Soroka. Free Charlie and Soroka and Ian Anderson? Oh. That might be better than the Dodgers four. As crazy as that sounds, it might be. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what Kershaw's going to be this year yet. Bueller, obviously, is great. Bauer's great. But four deep? I don't know. Uh, NL Cy Young? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go chalk, man. I'm going to Grom. Yeah, it's pro- easy. Until proven otherwise. He's the best pitcher in baseball. Yep. There's just nobody – there's nobody I have more confidence in than Jacob DeGrom. You know, I mean, it's – there's nobody that can dominate like him. There's a lot of guys close, but he's it's up to him when he's on the mound. 
I don't care what your offense is. Yeah, and it was you know you, in a sixty game season you had a chance for a lot of guys to yeah. put up really similar numbers in a sixty game season. You know about ten, eleven wins or whatever. And over one sixty two though, I think the herd gets thinned. You know, it's uh you can't keep those ERAs and those whips up for one sixty two game season that you could for sixty, and that's where the talent he, I think is going to yeah. be. Like you he said, doesn't have any blow ups either. He doesn't have those blow ups. Those you know yeah. he's not good for four starts and. Gives up a seven spot in his fifth. He's yeah. a bad start for him. Seven, eight innings, three rounds. The AL is a lot tougher to pick for me. I, I, I mean, it's just I'm going to take Garrett Cole just because I think you know he didn't have. I'm going to take Garrett Cole. Yeah, he's had a he's had a season to adjust to New York yeah. now, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Who are you taking? Nah. You taking him? Yeah, I'll go Cole, too. MVP. I'm going to have to go bets, man. <laughs> See, this is the thing, though, is Mike Trout should win it every year. Well, I know, but I'm going NL. Well, nationally, Freddie. I'm going Freddie. You're going Freddie to win two in a row? Yep. When's the last time somebody he, won two in a row? I want Freddie to do it. Bonds? Was Bonds the last to win two in a row? Yeah. Yeah. I think if uh, I think if it's a a Braves guy, I think it'd probably be Acuna. But I don't. I, I'm taking bets. I take Freddie. You know, I don't know if Freddie doesn't get the hype. But when I watch a game, yeah, and and all the guys I've played with, there's nobody that impacts a game like Freddie consistently. Yeah. And that's what they used to always say about Pedroia too. But Freddie's such a major factor. He's so solid at defense, and I mean, I could see him having a better year this year. He had COVID last year and won the MVP. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he, he missed a fourth of the season. Yeah, I mean, he played, but he was he was out, he, he was out recovering basically for a fourth of the season. Um, I think the only thing that works against Freddie and Acuna is they're going to split the vote. I think with Azuna yeah. as well. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of guys, good guys on the Braves, the Dodgers too. But Betts kind of rises above. I think everybody Bellinger, if he has a great year, could do that too. There, so Tatis might slip in and do it. You know, if if, if the guys on those two teams kind of split the votes. Yeah, they could easily Tatis could easily do it, but well, hype's such a big factor too. Yep. But I feel like you're going to have to win your division to be an MVP. I know it's probably it's this not year always, you will. It's not always looked at that way, but I think it's got to come from a team that wins the division, right? I think uh, you could do that, like Andre Dawson did, famously as a last place team. But that was in a year where nobody was great on the best teams. You know, the best yeah. teams have great players now. <laughs> yeah. I'll take bets. I'm going to take Trout to win his fourth MVP in the AL. Yeah, I, Trout's got like that LeBron factor to him, where the only reason he wouldn't win an MVP is because he's yes, expected. He's so damn good. Yeah, it's just expected, and you almost take him for granted. But he should honestly win it every year. I mean, if Shohei has games like he did well, last night, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't count on him. Ruth. I don't count on Shohei staying healthy, healthy, yeah. you know, and doing that. You know, I, I love what he's doing. If you do that, if you if you're in the lineup every day and you also come out and throw six innings with with ten Ks, I mean, there's there's no debate. There's I can't believe the Angels got him for the deal they got him for. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, that's the steal of the century. But I just I don't know if it seems like it's there's going to be even yesterday he almost got taken out of home plate covering home plate. He you know, did but, man, that was that was awkward how he, and it was just he was standing on the plate and jumped up to continue. Yeah. you got to get out of the way but he wasn't expecting a bad throw and just got caught but that's that whole pitcher thing <laughs> i got i got i got to admit that i've been one of his doubters that he could do it 
you know, that he was good enough to do both sides. But last night I watched that game and I was, that was like, he hit the hardest hit home run so far, 115 point something. And he threw the hardest pitch by a starter this year in the majors. I mean, oh, it was a, what, 100.6 or something. The hard, dude, he did that 10 minutes apart. There's a lot of great players in the major leagues, and he just did that. In minutes. And that ball he hit, too. It made that me was think destroyed. That, I think they're using different balls in that series than the Braves Phillies were using because I didn't see balls come off the bat like that in that Braves Phillies series. I know it's windy. Well, even still. Angel Stadium's not a hitter's park. They move the fences down yeah. so you don't have to hit it over that big wall in right field, yeah. but he cleared it by 40 feet. Oh, it's but just crushed. I don't know if – I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime talent that yeah. you're watching. You're never going to see anybody that can do something like this again. But, I mean, it, I talked to Hinsky about him when, when he first came over because everybody wanted to know. And, and Eric Hinsky was coaching with the Angels at the time, and he said he has the most power I've ever seen. Wow. You know, so – Hinsky's played with Ski's, a lot of guys. He's seen everybody. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been he's seen a lot. Oh, that says you know, he, he was even in the steroid era. You know, at the yeah. end of it, but um, the, the, I don't think people realize how big Otani is. Yeah, I think they have a stereotypical he, thing. It's like a like the Asian players are pretty much the same size, that kind of thing. He's a huge dude. Put he's a monster. together. Yeah, really. And I think it benefits him. I think it benefits him a ton that he throws right handed and swings lefty. You know, just to balance out your hips and, and keep everything uh-huh. flowing well. I I'd almost guarantee he doesn't have any back problems. But got that swing it, to be so able to that bat speed he has. The insane thing that he does for me is he takes a fastball in and hits it out to left field, and no doubters to left field because uh-huh. he's got that he's got that Japanese inside out swing. Uh-huh. But then when he sells out and he wants to pull, he hits a ball like he did last night. That was up, man. God, damn. yeah, yeah, he's he's special. Oof. It's good for baseball. It's great for baseball. I just don't think he can do it over the course of a full season. I just the, the demands are so much, as you know, better than anybody. I mean, the, what pitching, the demands of a pitcher, and then to go out there and hit every day, I don't know if he can do it every day. They're going to have to really do it judiciously. Madden's smart enough to figure it out, maybe. Maybe he did that on national TV. Here you go, let's do that. But I don't know he could do that all the time. Yeah, I think about it because uh- – as a pitcher, I'd rather be moving around between innings and sitting on the bench getting stiff. But I guess overall, it's just more exposure to get hurt. Yeah, you yeah. Know, he almost got hurt at home plate yesterday. Right. Guys sliding right. in, but it's just more exposure. It's just more plays you're involved in. There's not going to be a guy that that throws a hundred pitches and and has four at bats and and does anything the next day other than him. Yeah, he might be in the lineup. I right. mean, I'd definitely give him. It's going to be hard if they're competing too. But and he's hitting like he does. I'd give him the day after he pitched off just to try to recover because that's a high workload. Yeah. But then he's if he's your best hitter, you know. Pitcher hit well. He's not the. They got trout on the team, but I know that. But he hit second. If he's, if he's hot, the pitcher hit hot, second. Yeah. <laughs> I just think he's got to be in tremendous shape, which he obviously is. But to avoid like the strings of like obliques and all that that hitters get and the pitchers get, you know, just. I mean, you're like it's, you're, it's just the exposure. You're doubling it's the your amount exposure. of plays. It's the amount of plays he's involved in. You know, you get you have position players that can't get through a full season, yeah. and you have pitchers that can't get through a full season. He's trying to do both. Yeah, I, I'd love it if he could because it's it's the coolest thing I've ever watched. And if he has some nagging little injury from either hitting or pitching, and then he has to do the other 
he has to pitch with some nagging, like say a hamstring or a slight hamstring. oblique twinge away, and he's got to go out and pitch, you know? Yeah. Or if he's got something that he's that he's got from pitching, and he's got to go hit, and he's, it's just ah oh man, it's just so much going on there. Such a high at least, level. Well, at least he's not playing the field because that would just be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be really bad, but you know, I mean, it's it's four bats a day when he's when he's not pitching, but just keeping your body going that whole time too, and never really recovering. You know, starting pitchers need five days off for a reason. It's not yeah. just their arm; it's it's their whole body. Yeah, if it was like high school or college, and he was pitching, and then going to play the outfield on the days he's not pitching, <laughs> I, I would not. I would not even absolutely I give no him a shot way. to but do that. Maybe with but, the DH, maybe maybe we'll see. It's going to be interesting to watch, and I'd love to see it too because it's great for the game. But I mean, he's a, he's a modern Babe, babe Ruth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's why I mean, Trout's Trout's my MVP just just based on the just the odds of of Otani being able to do this all year. But if he does it all year or even most of the year, I mean, this that's a no doubter. Hey, you give it a go you one year. A guy more you got to find out, that. right? I guess you got to find out. If you don't do you it, then you're out. like, we should have tried it. We never tried it. If he gets hurt, then yeah, you're like. If, if he gets he has a major injury, if he gets a major injury, they go, then we don't do this. We got to decide if it's going to hit or pitch. We can't do both anymore though, but maybe you give it a shot though. Cause if he gets through it a whole year, then you, then you know, he can do it. I don't know, man. I just think you're always going to be feeling like this is going to fall apart at some point, yeah. but maybe he opens the door for more guys to do it. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who, who else could do this? Jesus. Not in America because they stopped hitting so early. You know, especially now. Ankiel could have done it. Huh? Ankiel did it at separate times, but not at the same time. Yeah. All right. Well, this is, uh, we're going to have plenty to talk about. Started the two-week shows now, so you guys hang in there with us. And now we got real stuff to talk about, as you've seen on this show. And I'm sure the Braves are going to win a game soon. I'm not concerned. They got a shot. You guys got come off the ledge, people. Braves will be fine. Too much talent not to be. They're not panicking. Don't, you shouldn't either. Don't ride the roller coaster. You got a good team. Remember, it's not football. I know it's hard sometimes. They'll be just fine. Even in a great division, they'll be fine. All right, that's it. We're we're done. Thanks for tuning in on uh, all the various platforms. We appreciate it. 755 is real. We are out. Yeah.